2: A weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include national election result updates, a climate summit was held in Egypt, and local election result updates. Here's your National News Recap for the week of November 6th. NBC News is projecting Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman has defeated Republican Mehmet Oz for a highly contested U.S. Senate seat. Democrat Chuck Schumer is the projected winner in the New York Senate race. NBC News reported Schumer defeated Republican Joe Pinion. Schumer currently serves as the Senate Majority Leader. Democratic incumbent Kathy Hochul is projected to win New York's race for governor. NBC News reported Hochul defeated her Republican opponent, Lee Zeldin. Hochul has served as New York's governor since 2021. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott is projected to be reelected. NBC News reported he defeated Democrat challenger Beto O'Rourke. Polling throughout the campaign had Abbott ahead most of the time. Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp will remain in office. NBC News projects can beat Democrat Stacey Abrams. Georgia saw a record turnout despite criticism that new voting laws would hurt minority voters. A key Senate race that could tip the balance of power is going to a runoff. NBC News projects voters in Georgia will have to go to the polls once again next month to decide if Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock or Republican Herschel Walker wins. The runoff is scheduled for December 6th. It's necessary because neither candidate surpassed the 50 percent mark to win outright. Votes are still being counted in the race for Arizona governor between Democrat Katie Hobbs and Republican Carrie Lake. While on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, Lake said the Arizona election process needs to be cleaned up and she hopes the vote counting is going by the book.
1: And, you know, I just hope that they're being honest down there that there's not any shenanigans being played down at Maricopa County. I'm so tired of Arizona being the laughingstock of elections.
3: It could take days or even longer before a winner will be declared. Lake believes she's going to pull it out, but is embarrassed that Arizona, in her words, looks like a banana republic. She adds that faith in the election process is at a tipping point. Democrat Maxwell Alejandro Frost is projected to be the first member of Generation Z elected to Congress. NBC News reports the 25-year-old will defeat Republican Calvin Wimbish, a 72-year-old Army Green Beret, in the race for Florida's 10th Congressional District. Frost has focused his platform on gun control and Medicare for all. Gen Z includes those born between 1997 and 2012. More than 3,500 ballots are now missing from Mercer County, following problems with voting machines on Tuesday. Board of Elections officials say ballots in nine voting districts in Robbinsville are missing, along with three voting districts in Princeton. All of the votes were cast at a municipal building and Mercer County Library. It comes as several polling sites across the county reported ballot scanners were experiencing programming glitches. Robbinsville Mayor Dave Fried is calling it an unconscionable mishap, adding the 2022 election will not be over until every vote is counted. President Biden says the latest inflation report shows his economic plan is working. The latest Consumer Price Index data revealed inflation cooled more than expected in October. Biden said the report shows progress is being made on bringing down inflation without giving up economic growth and job creation. He said it will take time to get inflation back to normal levels, but his administration will continue to help families with the cost of living. The Consumer Price Index for October rose by 0.4 percent. On a year-over-year basis, the CPI went up 7.7 percent. Cops are investigating after a 5-year-old boy found a gun in his backpack after arriving at school in the Bronx Thursday morning. It happened shortly before 8.30 a.m. at Boys Prep Bronx Elementary School in the Melrose section, and one parent says she should have been notified right away. As soon as it happened, we should know, because then it gives us a choice. This was the second gun found on a student Thursday. School safety agents found a 9mm gun that wasn't loaded after searching a 14-year-old male student's book bag Thursday morning at Brooklyn Collegiate Prep High School in Brownsville. He was taken into police custody and is awaiting charges against him. An attempt to serve an eviction notice at an apartment in Hollywood became a standoff after reports of shots fired. Nearby streets were shut down as well as both directions of the 101 freeway. The standoff began at about 8 Thursday morning on Cahuenga Boulevard, not far from the Hollywood Bowl. Los Angeles County Sheriff deputies were serving the eviction notice when the gunshot was heard. No injuries were reported. No word if the gunshot was related to the person or persons the eviction notice was intended for. The status of the standoff is unknown. A member of an anarchist group has been charged for allegedly trying to disrupt an election night event in Portland. A Portland police officer saw a group of people pushing dumpsters into the street on Southwest Park Avenue. The group pushed the dumpsters behind the police car to block it. The people were dressed in all black and wore black masks. They started walking away and the officer told them to stop. They then started running. Other officers arrived and arrested Jared Huber. He's charged with disorderly conduct and interfering with a peace officer. The parents of a one-year-old boy in Redding, California, are under arrest after their child overdosed on fentanyl in their home. Officers from the Redding Police Department responded to the home of 41-year-old Candace Youngblood, who called to say her son was not breathing and unconscious. The boy's father, 43-year-old Adam Valley, had already left to drive his son to the hospital and was met by paramedics along the way. Valley told police he saw his son lick a baggie that contained fentanyl. He gave the boy a dose of Narcan and left for the hospital. Upon searching the residence, detectives found drug paraphernalia throughout the home. The two parents were booked on charges related to felony child endangerment likely to cause great bodily injury or death and possession of drug paraphernalia. The judge in Alex Jones's Sandy Hook school shooting case is freezing his assets. The InfoWars host must pay almost a billion dollars for spreading conspiracy theories about the 2012 elementary school shooting being a hoax. The Connecticut judge ordered the freeze over concerns of Jones hiding his assets through shell companies. He is blocked from spending money or transferring assets other than regular living expenses. I'm Allie Bruce and that was your National News.
2: This is Connor Brown with your International News Report. All sources from the BBC, the number of delegates with links to fossil fuels at the UN Climate Summit has jumped 25% from the last meeting. Analysis shared with the BBC News, campaign group Global Witness found more than 600 people at the talks in Egypt are linked to fossil fuels. That's more than the combined delegations from the 10 most climate-impacted countries. Around 35,000 people are expected to attend the COP27 Summit in the Red Sea Resort of Sharm el-Sheikh. These conferences have always attracted significant numbers from the coal, oil, and gas industries were keen to influence the shape of the debate. At last year's summit in Glasgow, a similar analysis of official attendance lists found 503 delegates connected to fossil fuels. This year, that figure has gone up to 636. COP27 looks like a fossil fuel industry trade show, said Rachel Rose Jackson from the Corporate Accountability, one of the groups of campaigners who released the data along with the Corporate Europe Observatory. We're on a carousel of madness here rather than climate action. The fossil fuel industry, their agenda, it's deadly. Their motivation is profit and greed. They're not serious about climate action. They never have been, and they never will. The researchers counted the number of individuals registered who were either directly affiliated with fossil fuel companies or attending as members of national delegations that act on behalf of the fossil fuel industry. Data shows that this year, there are more fossil fuel lobbyists than total delegates from 10 countries most impacted by climate change, including Pakistan, dust and mozambique the biggest single delegation at cop 27 is from the uae who will host cop 28 next year and for our second story of the day the Taliban have banned women from visiting all parks in Kabul, excluding them still further from public life in Afghanistan. Spokesperson for the Vice and Virtue Ministry told the BBC those managing parks in the capital have been told not to allow women in. The group claims Islamic laws were not being followed at parks. Women's rights and freedoms have been severely restricted since the militant Islamics seized power in August 2021. Under Taliban rules on segregating people by gender, women have been allowed to visit parks on three days every week, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and men on the remaining now, women won't be allowed even if accompanied by male relatives. We've done this because in the past 15 months, despite our efforts, people have been going to the park and not respecting Shara laws. Mohammed Akif, a spokesman from the Ministry of Propagation of Virtue and Prevention of Vice, told the BBC the restriction is for all women, whether they are with or without a male escort. The ban on women extends to amusement parks that usually have rides like bumper cars or ferris wheels, and where families visit it together with their children. It appears to be enforced only in the capital for now, but in the past, such rules have eventually applied across the country. One woman who Reuters news agency caught up with at the entrance to a Kabul park was disappointed after being turned away. When her mother comes with their children, they must be allowed to enter the park because these children haven't seen anything good. They must play and be entertained, said Mauzma, who only gave her name for security reasons. And for the third and final story of the day, hackers who stole customer data from Australia's largest health insurer, Medibank, have released a file of pregnancy terminations, follows Medibank's refusal to pay a ransom for the data supported by the Australian government. Medibake urged the public not to seek out the files, which contain the names of policyholders rather than patients. CEO David Coxcaro warned that the data release could stop people from seeking medical attention. Terminations can occur for a range of reasons, including non-viable pregnancy, miscarriages, and complications. These are real people behind this data, and the misuse of their information is deplorable it may discourage them from seeking medical care, he said. The data of 9.7 million Medicare customers was stolen last month, the latest in a string of major data breaches in Australian companies in recent months. Metabank has apologized for what is called the malicious weaponization of private information. The hackers got the information after login details allowing access to all its customers' data was stolen. The Australian government has also defended the company's decision to not pay the ransom. Both have warned that more releases of customer information are expected. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has said that he is also a MedicBank customer. In September, Australia's second-largest telecommunications firm, Optus, was also targeted for extortion after the personal data of about 10 million customers were stolen in what the company called a cyber attack. Now is Connor Brown with your international news report.
0: This is The Local News, and I am Carly Murray. Democrat Summer Lee will become Pennsylvania's first black congresswoman after winning the 12th Congressional District. And Austin Davis will be Pennsylvania's first black lieutenant governor. New Jersey elected Democrats Josh Gottheimer, Mikey Sherrill, Bill Pascrell, Donald M. Payne Jr., Rob Menendez Jr., Frank Poloni, Bonnie Watson Coleman, Donald Norcross, and Andy Kim to the U.S. House of Representatives as well as Republicans Tom Keene Jr., Jeff Van Drew, and Christopher H. Smith. In Delaware, incumbent Attorney General Kathy Jennings won the election against Julianne Murray with 53.8% of the votes. An 18-year-old man in New Jersey was charged with threats to attack local synagogues in an online manifesto on Thursday. Omar al katool is charged with one count of transmitting a threat in interstate and foreign commerce, according to U.S. Attorney Philip R. Selinger. Police increased security of local synagogues and Jewish schools. The FBI issued a statewide alert and stated that Akatul had researched how to obtain a gun and infamous mass shootings, particularly stating support for the convicted perpetrator of the Charleston church shooting, Dylan Roof, who has demonstrated white supremacist and neo-Nazi beliefs. Also, according to the complaint by federal authorities, Akatul had shared his intentions through private messages and phone data that he allegedly attempted to conceal. The New Jersey Attorney General's office is releasing surveillance video connected to a police-involved shooting that left one person dead. On October 10th in Patterson, a 33-year-old allegedly fled the scene of a car accident and used what appeared to be a firearm in an attempt to enter multiple other vehicles. One person could be heard yelling on video, It's a fake gun, as a plainclothes Patterson police officer chased after the perpetrator. The officer fired his service weapon, fatally striking him. The gun did turn out to be fake, and the investigation is ongoing. Police have charged 42-year-old Orlando Venters Jr. of Berlin with knowingly leaving the scene of a fatal crash and causing death while driving with a suspended license following a hit and run in Gloucester Township on Monday. 58-year-old Elaine Hubler was struck and killed while attempting to cross Black Horse Pike near Route 42. There was a police pursuit of a vehicle that began in Philadelphia and ended in South Jersey Wednesday night. A 26-year-old man was taken into custody when police suspected that the car was connected to the mass shooting in Kensington last weekend. But it was later determined that there was no connection. Three former police officers in media Pennsylvania pleaded guilty to reckless endangerment on Thursday in regard to firing shots that killed an eight-year-old girl. She was killed while walking with her mother after a football game in 2021. The maximum penalty is two years and this lesser charge is part of a plea deal. Police are investigating after a 5-year-old boy found a gun in his backpack after arriving at school in the Bronx Thursday morning. It happened shortly before 8.30 a.m. at Boys Prep Bronx Elementary School in the Melrose section. It is the second gun found on a student in one day. School safety agents also found a loaded 9 millimeter gun after searching a 14-year-old male student's book bag Thursday morning. The famous Rockefeller Center Christmas tree will be put up today after it was cut down Thursday morning. Officials picked an 82-foot-tall Norway spruce from the upstate New York community of Queensbury and Warren County. It was donated by the Leibowitz family in Glens Falls. The tree is believed to be around 85 to 90 years old. Some 50,000 LED lights will shine on the tree when it is lit during the annual tree lighting ceremony on November 30th. That was the local news, and I am Carly Murray.
4: I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Supported by a $684,700 grant from the National Science Foundation, faculty in Rowan University's School of Earth and Environment seek to prepare a diverse pool of students for positions in a wave of South Jersey green energy infrastructure projects. The initiative, led by Dr. Beth Christensen, Chair of Environmental Science, and Dr. Patrick Crumran an Associate Professor in the Department, along with Melissa Young at Rowan College of South Jersey, Green Energy. RCSJ will support students from traditionally underserved groups transferring from RCSJ as well as students already enrolled at the university or environmental science. Rowan offers BA and BS degrees in environmental science, either of which can help prepare students for green energy careers, especially related to wind farms of South Jersey. During a ceremony on November 7th, Alexa Diamond was the first Rowan student to proceed across the stage to accept induction into the integral class of the Delta Tau chapter of Alpha Alpha Alpha, the National Honor Society recognizing first-generation students for academic excellence. Altogether, 63 students were inducted into the society founded this year at Rowan. Each student signed an induction ledger and received a pin and certificate. Upon their commencement, they will wear the pin and honor cords to demonstrate their status as first-generation scholars. First-generation students are students whose parents, step-parents, or legal guardians have not completed a bachelorette degree. To gain induction into the tri-alpha, first-generation students must have a grade point average of 3.2 or higher across 30 semester hours. I'm Dante Valerio. This has been your Rowan News.
3: That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the MLB, the champions of Major League Baseball have been crowned for the 2022 season, and it is not the local Philadelphia Phillies. Saturday night, the Philadelphia Phillies were defeated by the Houston Astros 4-1 in Game 6 of the World Series behind a mammoth three-run home run from Houston's Jordan Alvarez. This home run would prove to be enough for the Strohs, clinching the championship with a Game 6 victory home at Minute Maid Park. This championship comes as just the second all-time for Houston in their fifth appearance. That is, if you count their championship in 2017, the same year Houston was caught cheating. For the Phillies, they dropped their first World Series appearance since 2009 when they lost to the New York Yankees. They'll look to retool in the offseason, most likely acquiring bullpen depth, some rotational depth in the pitching staff, and definitely a big bat. Possibly Trey Turner, per JP Morosi of MLB Network, saying, quote, A lot of people here at the meetings believe that the Phillies are perhaps the most likely landing spot of all for shortstop Trey Turner, end quote. Next up for the MLB is free agency and the 2022 offseason as many of the league's biggest stars look to find their new homes. As always, we will keep you up to date on the latest MLB offseason information and rumors right here on the Rowan Report. Taking a look at the NBA, let us once again check in on the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. For starters, the Nets have moved on from the possibility of hiring former Celtics head coach Ime Udoka and have officially named their former interim head coach Jackie Vaughn as their head coach through the 2023-24 season. Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Tsai listened to, quote, strong voices in the Nets organization, advising against the hiring of Udoka due to Kyrie Irving's ongoing anti-Semitic situation. It was reported just last week by ESPN senior NBA writer Adrian Wojnarowski that Brooklyn was finalizing a deal for Udoka, But Nets GM Sean Marks and owner Joe Tsai were convinced to do otherwise, likely because of public consideration and for the safety of the Nets public image as a whole. Nets guard Kyrie Irving also met with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on Monday to discuss Kyrie's promotion of an anti-Semitic film on his Twitter and Instagram social media pages. Silver said the meeting went well and that Irving and Silver are working on a smooth transition to play after Irving's five-game suspension is done from the Nets. Lastly, let's close out pro sports with a look at the NFL former Rams wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has been in talks with the Dallas Cowboys and owner Jerry Jones. Jones was heard on Dallas Sports Talk Radio discussing the possibility of Beckham in a Cowboys uniform saying, quote, Odell is someone that we have all the appreciation in the world for, for what he is as a competitor. I know the Cowboys star on that helmet when he puts it on could look pretty good, end quote. OBJ has also been rumored to have considered the New York Giants, the Buffalo Bills, and the Green Bay Packers. All four of these teams could use Beckham's services at the wide receiver position, so it's only a matter of time before the soon-to-be healthy Pro Bowl wide receiver is signed by a serious contender. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world.
5: I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Target customers could see much larger stores in the near future. The Minneapolis-based retailer plans to build businesses covering nearly 150,000 square feet. The size of these proposed larger stores is somewhat similar to the Super Target stores, which were about 175,000 square feet. The much larger locations are expected to be built next year. Facebook's parent company, Meta, is laying off more than 11,000 employees. Michael Kastner reports.
4: CEO
6: Mark Zuckerberg told employees this morning that he made bad decisions when it came to investments and betting on the future of e-commerce and takes full responsibility for that. In a call with executives yesterday, Zuckerberg said the focus next year is on a small number of high priority growth areas. The employees will reportedly receive four months' salary as severance plus two weeks for every year they've been with the company. I'm Michael Kastner.
5: Wall Street is closing with stocks lower the day after midterms. This comes as the price of Bitcoin dropped to its lowest level in two years. The post-midterm sell-off follows three straight days of gains. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 646 points to 32 to 514. The S&P 500 lost 79 points to 37 to 48. And the Nasdaq dropped 263 points to 10 to 353. Disney shares are falling after its latest earnings report didn't meet expectations. Analysts were looking for $21.2 billion in revenue, but that number came in at just over $20 billion. Earnings per share was a quarter below expectations. However, it isn't all bad news for the company. Disney Plus added just over 12 million subscribers. It now has more than 164 million total subscribers, which is more than experts had predicted. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report.
6: And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me karina cologne justin bieber and alicia keys performed at takeoff's funeral team z reported that bieber would take the stage this past friday in honor of the last migos rapper the event took place at the state farm arena and was open to the public takeoff was shot and killed earlier this month in houston texas at 28 years old there was a strict no photo or video policy in place for the performance Britney Spears says she's suffering from nerve damage on the right side of her body. The pop icon took to Instagram Sunday to share a video of her dancing to foster the people's pumped-up kicks. In a lengthy caption below the video, the toxic singer says she suffered from numbness and shooting pain in her hands, neck, and head. In her explanation, Spears stated it was caused by not getting enough oxygen to her brain, but didn't elaborate on the circumstances. She did say she found a medication to help with her symptoms and was doing a lot better. The defamation trial between Kesha and Dr. Luke is getting a start date. Jury selection will begin July 19th, and the trial will kick off on July 26th of next year. It was originally scheduled for late February 2023. This comes after more than eight years of litigation between the producer and pop star. Kesha had previously accused Dr. Luke of rape. Drake and 21 Savage are being sued over recent fake Vogue cover shoots to promote their new album. The rappers have been promoting the album, Her Loss, by posing on the covers of fake Vogue magazines, leading fans to believe a special edition of the magazine would be released soon. Despite Drake thanking the brand on social media for endorsing the idea, Vogue says they have not endorsed the album in any way and have asked several times for all the promotion featuring the company name to be taken down. The company is suing Drake and 21 Savage for at least $4 million in damages. Jennifer Aniston is revealing that she has no regrets after going through in vitro fertilization. Speaking with Allure, the 53-year-old actress says she went through the procedure during her late 30s and 40s in an attempt to get pregnant. This all came under intense media scrutiny about whether she would have children. Aniston said she feels liberated now that the ship has sailed. Jimmy Kimmel is being selected to host this year's Academy Awards. It'll be the third time Kimmel will take the stage as Oscars host, after hosting in 2017 and 2018. The show hasn't had a solo host since 2018 and was heavily affected by the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. The 95th Oscars will take place on March 12th at the Dolby Theatre in Hollywood. Actress Rebel Wilson is a new mom. The Pitch Perfect star took to Instagram to share the unexpected news with fans. The 42-year-old shared photos of her daughter, Reese Lillian, who was born via surrogate. Wilson said the journey to becoming a mom was years in the making. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
3: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.